Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing. Starring the original book divas, Martha Steele, Vonnie Golden, and Nicole Shaded. And special guest, Alyssa Mann, the queen of romance. And Kayla Saxon, the queen of new releases. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination, one book at a time. They are three book girls. Well, girls, I have to start out on a low note so then we can go up from there. Sure. Did you see the news this morning? Yes. 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 What the actual? I mean, seriously, here we are again. How many times? 200 and some odd mass shootings. 250. 250 mass shootings in 200 and some odd days. 215 days. Well, you know, last weekend it was um, the Garlic Festival. This is what I'm shot saying. Up. Was shot up. That was very... Do other countries there. have this problem? No. Not that we know of. You know what it is. You know, back to the future when Biff gets elected, like, he's not president of the United States, but he's like president of like their little town, governor or whatever, member. Like mayor. Mayor. Is this not the first Back to the Future? No, that no. would be the second. I've only it? seen the first one. It's the second one because old Biff sees them getting out of the car and um, steals the. It might be the. Is it? It might Maybe be it the, is third. the third one. It's the third one. Old Biff sees them getting out of the car, and Marty McFly had bought a history, world history sports book. And that way, he could bet on sports things and be rich. Well. Biff takes the book, and so when they go back to the actual present time from the past, it's altered because Biff is now rich, and he's, like, mayor of the town, and the whole town's gone to shit, and, like, the schools are closed, and, like, the principal comes out on his porch with a freaking bulletproof vest and a semi-automatic, and, you kids, get off my porch! Actually, I went to college as an adult, so this was in my 30s. I thought that self-actualization was closer than ever. I thought that utopia was getting closer because I thought it's polite society. People are more educated. People understand the issues more clearly. I thought we were headed in a direction that felt like enlightenment, you know, where people where people understand each other based on their merits and where people aren't racist. Because that's how I feel. It's 2019 and people are fucking carrying guns in public. In fact, in fact, there was a, uh, there's going to be this festival in Oklahoma City at Scissortail Park, oh, the opening yeah. of Scissortail Park. And people are going to be allowed to carry guns at the event. Yep. That's scary. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't feel safe around people that carry guns unless they're trained law law enforcement professionals. I don't feel safe if I walk into a restaurant and I see a bunch of people with a fucking holster on that are not in uniform. I don't feel safe. It's the wild, wild west. I don't feel like I live in the wild west. I feel like I live in polite society. Oh, I feel like I live in the wild west. Now I'm starting to feel (laughs) more and more like... This is a dystopian society. Like half the damn books I've read are coming to pass. You should not watch The Handmaid's Tale. I've already read The Handmaid's Tale. And yes, I don't watch it. You know what? 
It'll make it worse. My husband was giving me a hard time just a couple of days ago uh, about me using the pickup at Walmart. You know how you can pl- you place your order online and you tell them what time you're going to be there and you just sort of drive up and they put your groceries in the car and you're on your way. Yeah, I do it all the time. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and it was a Saturday, I, I believe. And I was at home and I'm like, hmm, I think I'll order some groceries. And I said, do you need anything from Walmart? And he's like, why don't you just go? Well, you can't now. People shoot you up at Walmart. Yep. That's not what my answer was then. My answer was, well, it's available and I don't want to go in Walmart because I spend more money. It's free. Yeah. Exactly. I love it. (laughs) I go through all week thinking, oh, I need to put this on my list. Now, in my head, I'm thinking Mustang, Oklahoma is not really going to have a gunman. But in the front of my head, I'm like, why take the chance? And I think, do we really want that kind of a world? Where you're afraid to leave your car? Or your house. Mm-hmm. Pretty sad. Isn't that like a self-fulfilling prophecy? Where you're going to feel like you have to have guns because people have guns? <sighs> All right, I'm done. You feel better? You no, know, I don't feel any better. But See, I, aneurysm, <laughs> Melissa. <laughs> I don't think there's any problem with people who have guns who are mentally stable and have taken courses and training and licensed and everything else, but I think that we don't have enough uh, safety precautions in place. I think I feel like there's more safety precautions to be able to drive a car than there is to own a gun. It's true. Like you can be too old and not be able to drive a car, but or, that's too, only... or too young, or too young. But yeah. you are more than welcome to go purchase a weapon. Right. Exactly. You can go to the gun show. And just buy one right there and walk away with it. Well, I know that we have a lot of international listeners on this program. And, you know, I was wrestling with myself this morning if I should even say anything. But you know what? This show is about being real. And And this is real. This Mm -hmm. is really happening one state away from us. Mm -hmm. Where a guy in Dallas goes, well, I don't like what's happening. So I guess I'll just pack up my ammunition and go a few towns down where I know there are plenty of immigrants and just shoot the place up to make a statement. Mm-hmm. The whole immigration thing just, it makes me almost not proud to be an American. Who are they going to come for next? That's my question. God damn it. Because it's scary and I only want to read about them when I can put the book down and it's not real anymore. Well, I want to put the book down and not read about it anymore. Well, I really do. Put this one down. I want to wake up from this nightmare. Ugh. Kind of hard to come back from that, isn't it? Uh huh. Okay, now we're gonna we're gonna switch gears, and we're gonna try to cheer me up. Okay. Can we cheer me up? Yeah. I have a haunted apartment. Okay. My, we, I also have a haunted we can, apartment. We can we can do the early October. We're, we're gonna. We'll just give give it a, an a October tease. Okay. Yeah. Okay. One of the books I've already started to like kind of read books for October because if you wait too long, you can't check them out at the library. I read a haunted house book. Yes. Then today, when I was in the bathroom, my dog just starts. She, she was laying down on the bath mat because that's what she does. She just goes in when I'm like curling my hair or whatever, and she just lays on the bath mat. And all of a sudden, she just jumps up. And, like, takes, like, a couple of quick steps back and just staring at the shower curtain. Now, the shower isn't going. And that's an attractive shower curtain, too. So, I couldn't have been that. Yeah. I mean, it's the same shower curtain I've had. So, it's not new or anything. And she's just 
staring at it with her, you know, alert, very alert. And she takes a couple steps and like sniffs it and then steps back. And she did that a couple of times. And then finally she laid back down, but she kept staring. She didn't close her eyes. She kept staring at the shower curtain. So is your shower curtain haunted or your apartment? Well, maybe my shower, maybe um, the ghost <laughs> wanted to take a shower before me. I, I'm i not quite sure. But or like, Bonnie, hurry up and get your ass out of here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she was I'm ready. trying to poop in here. She get hopped out! up and ran out just as soon as I <laughs> headed out the door. It's a good thing I have wide doors because she was out and she's she's done that before just randomly barked at empty rooms and i think maybe you got a ghost up in there do you think she hears like she thinks she hears a sound even though she can't hear anything well she sees shadows that's what i thought when she barked at because it was the bedroom we were in the living room and she went to the hallway and started barking at the bedroom and i thought maybe somebody passed the window or and she just saw a shadow because she'll do that at the dog park if she sees somebody like up on their balcony or whatever. And um, she'll just see their silhouette and just, you know, randomly bark at them. And she does her cute bark. It's so cute. I wish she'd do that when you were over there. She, her dog will not bark in my presence. She, she has never done it. She goes, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> so adorable. Meanwhile, if she wants to hear my my dog bark, you could just open your back porch, wait for someone to pass by, and you'll hear my dog scream at other people. <laughs> Get away from my house! <laughs> Sorry, we're now. talking about dogs again. I think, though, what I'm going to do, just because we talk about our dogs so much, mm-hmm. and um, like I know when we had, was it, somebody came up for one of the world tours, and I can't remember which one it was, and... I had Echo with me for some reason, and they said, this is not how I pictured your dog to be. So I think I'm going to put all of our dog pictures on the website today. Aww. Don't you think that'll be cute? I think it. I think that's awesome. I have Especially because we're talking about them all the time. Maybe people want to know what they we look do. like. We uh-huh. do. And we went over to Martha's house. My dog did not try to eat her dog, so it was all good. Mm-hmm. That was just the one time. But she did try to eat a spider. Yeah. She was having fun with it. Oh, but spider. that was a different time, wasn't it? No, no. it was the same time she yeah. tried to eat your dog. <laughs> yeah. Eat your dog, eat a spider. Cannibal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She doesn't quite understand that whole thing is of uh, dogs are not food, they're friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So anything else exciting happened this week? With anybody? Uh, this week was just nuts at work. It was the craziest week. I had I was so busy. Man, was I busy. Was it? Yes. Seems like everywhere. I had an intern this week. So. That I look and everything that I watch on TV has key lime pie. So I'm so Bonnie's birthday is Wednesday. For key lime pie. <laughs> so I asked her what kind of pie she wanted. And now this has been a week and she's been... Every time she thinks about it, big old clumps of drool run down the side of her face. She goes, when we get our key lime pie. Watch Cupcake War. Somebody made a key lime pie cupcake. I was like, "Mm, pie. Yeah, we're definitely having (laughs) key lime pie (laughs) next weekend. Because this is this weekend. So next weekend, you're going to have to wait. No. You better make two so Alyssa can have something. I won't be there. Oh. Sorry. Oh, that's right. Yeah, My friend will be here. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, so Alyssa's going to be busy. 
Listen has other friends. Fine. I'm sorry. Go hang out with your other friends. Kaylee, you want to drive up and eat some key lime pie? I know you're probably busy with school and everything starting. Oh, God. Don't remind me. So happy yet so. Oh, oh my gosh! It is. It's August. It's yes. almost here, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to have a 13 year old at the end of the month. Oh, oh. oh why? Boy. What happened? He grew up. Yeah. Children oh. age. Funny. <laughs> no, I thought, you, <laughs> I thought you meant like another kid. Oh, no, 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 I'm no, like, no, no. That's, no, that's CJ, honey. It's CJ. He's he's all grown up now. <laughs> what? Time march on. <laughs> Sorry. Then we're gonna have to talk, have the conversation about getting hair down there and stuff. Oh my god, we've already. Jakari is so proud of his at the age of ten. He's ready for a mustache. Oh no. At the age of ten. Yes. Oh my god. Uh, honey, my my son started getting hairy that early too. Well, mine did not. Mine was shaving by the time he was like 13. Well, I suppose we should stop talking about our offspring because I know they just love it when we do. Eh, They don't listen. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) So we don't have to apologize. We can talk about our children. Talking about fantasy football, I think we're safe. Mm -hmm. Although, Fantasy Bachelorette. It's coming. No, no, no. Bachelorette, it finished. Oh, it finished. Who won? Did you win? Me. Good job. And and Tyler's like, it doesn't count. They didn't stay engaged. I'm like, there was a ring on that finger at least for two minutes. I won. <laughs> you did win. Well, he was he wasn't the right pick for her. She shouldn't have picked him. I'm like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you don't pick the person you like. You pick the person who's gonna win. And girls like guys with guitars. They like bad boys with guitars. So that was Jed. You did a good Kayla job. and I actually got on the same page and rolled our eyes in unison on this one. <laughs> yeah, I, I mentally checked out that was when so I heard Bachelorette. Back. Man, I thought we were going to have to perform CPR. <laughs> but Bachelor, we're going to do Fantasy Bachelor. I get to be part of the Fantasy Bachelor. We're totally game. doing it. <laughs> I need to find another hobby, and it sure as hell is not going to be that. <laughs> and it's getting about crochet time. I'm going to have to start crocheting some stuff. Well, Are you going to actually teach me? I will. Well, okay. the, I, will. I know I've been novel, saying that for a year. The whole horror novel and crochet goes hand in hand. Well, usually... When she starts talking about crochet, then we know it's time to get ready for October reads. Because we have to, you know, it takes a while to get on the wait list and whatnot. Like that post on Facebook you tagged me in the other day. It was very true. We were just talking about it. Yep. Uh, it's already August. <laughs> Time to start your Halloween costumes. Get your Christmas st- shopping started. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah, that's right. That's what it said. No. Or something like that. Feels like it's April or something. That's only because it's so fucking muggy today. Holy shit. I apologize for what my hair will look like once it's dry because it might get It's so big. muggy it might never get dry. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's going to stay wet forever. Oh my God. Kaylee straightened Tyler's hair the other day, and Tyler's hair has so much lift because it's so big. Tyler has big hair. hair. It was it was all sticking up, but it wasn't curly, so it was just straight sticking up. He looked a little like Sting. (laughs) (laughs) You should take a picture. It was hilarious. Oh my god, it was so funny. (laughs) All right, girls. You're going to make a comparison to Sting. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's not where I thought that was going at all. Yeah, I, I wasn't ready for that either. It was there. Well, you know how.
how his hair was like. Yes. <laughs> now sing. Oh, intentional And you don't have to wear that dress. Do no. Oh, that's terrible. Sorry, that was way off key. <laughs> you don't have to sell your body to the night. <laughs> you will if you keep singing like that. <laughs> I think we could probably safely go to books now. (laughs) Okay, so the book that I'm going to review this week is the other book that just randomly showed up in my inbox. (laughs) She's still blaming me for that shit. (laughs) The the joys of when you share a library account with other people. And this one was called The Madam by Jamie Raven. And this is a British novel. And it starts out where the main character is in prison for murder mm. or for like manslaughter. Cause she, she doesn't get very many years. So like she took a plea bargain. If she, um, pled guilt or guilty to manslaughter, you know, then she'd get less time. She'd get less time and she wouldn't have to go to trial. So on and so forth. So what happens was she was, um, what's the politically correct saying for hooker. You should know better than to even consider that you would have to be politically correct on this program. So she was an escort. There you worked go. Worked for an escort ser- service and she was with her clients at John. a hotel. And um, basically... No, client and John are different things. They are? Yeah. Somebody drugs their drugs their champagne, their drinks, and when she wakes up, her client is John. is dead <laughs> in the bed. He's been stabbed, Ooh. and she woke up covered in his blood holding the knife. Oh, shit. Damn. Yeah. Whew. And she, you know, of course doesn't think she did it because how could she kill him? That's She just, she passed out, and that's how she woke up. So she's um in prison, and when she gets out of prison, she starts doing her own investigation to try to find what happens. And that's what this book is about. It's about her. It does sound like something I would read. Yeah, it was actually a really good book. It it was. And um, she <clears throat> has a lesbian lover who she had met. They were cellmates in jail. And they get together and everything. When she gets out of jail, her, I can't remember what her name was, but I don't remember names. And um, she had gotten out beforehand and set up an apartment for them to live in and everything else. So when she, the main character, got out, she had somewhere to go. And the, she, it's kind of the it's a it's a British novel, and it's the underworld kind of scene. You know, like like skeezy bars, like bad people. You know, neck and face tattoos, you know, bad people. So it is a little graphic. There are some um, kind of graphic sex scenes. So I don't know if this would be good for a little kid. Yeah, Bonnie, because the premise of the book is about maybe a hooker killed her lover. That sounds like the beginning of a great children's book, first of all. I would have read it. Yeah, I don't think this one would be underneath your mom's bed. Just say it. No. She doesn't seem like the lesbian lover type. No, I could be wrong. 
No. Not that there's anything wrong with that, mm. but some of know. my good friends are lesbians, actually. My grandma did ask me one time if my boyfriend buttered his bread on both sides. <laughs> never heard that phrase before <laughs> i was like grandma just because he has a male roommate doesn't mean he's gay <laughs> and she's like just checking you never know about the guys these days who else was he supposed to live with i'm so confused right now <laughs> a female a female roommate that would have been a little awkward but um this was a really good book it had some great characters and it ended well and I just, I really enjoyed it. I didn't know if I would. This is, I kind of read it because it showed up randomly and I didn't have anything else to read. And I'm like, mm, why not? I'll read this. This might be good. And I enjoyed it. And again, that was called The Madam by Jamie Raven. Sweet. All right. Buckle up, people. I channeled my inner Vani this week. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> now I'm interested. <laughs> the book I read was The Amber Room, The Fate of the World's Greatest Lost Treasure by <gasps> Catherine Scott Clark and Adrian Levy. Cool. And this was I've a straight-up nonfiction book. Awesome. <laughs> it was a historical fiction, or historical nonfiction book. Historical nonfiction, wow. which is way out of my wheelhouse. Mm. And so, if you're not familiar with The Amber Room, The Amber Room is, I mean, quite literally a room made of amber. Um, Back in the day, and probably today, amber was worth more money than gold. It's uh, Amber is most famous for being the thing that held the mosquito in Jurassic Park. Right. That's what it looks like. So, imagine an entire room... Made out of made that. of that color, so it used to. They used to describe it as like it was lit from the inside. They, it was. It used to be considered the eighth wonder of the world. I was going to say, I bet that was um, pretty. All of so all of there were these panels that could be taken up and down, and so they were panels of amber, and it walled an entire room and the ceiling, and so it was incredibly valuable. And it used to be housed at the Catherine Palace in Russia. There was kind of a, you know how people used to think that maybe Anastasia, the Romanov princess, might be alive? Mm-hmm. This is that search, but with objects. Ooh. Because for a very long time, people were like, it's lost. We don't know where it is. Even though there's kind of evidence that it got destroyed. We're still pretty sh- like, people still thought it was out there. Every, like, 10 or 15 years, there'd be, like, new clues and there'd be a dig for it. Or Jimmy Hoffa. Oh. Yeah, kind of like that. The Jimmy Hoffa of rooms. Hmm. And so what happened was this was this was pretty much the most valuable thing that the USSR had in its possession, um, basically in the entire, probably the most, one of the most valuable things in the entire world. And so when the Catherine Palace was attacked during World War II, um, they had a little lead time because they knew that the troops were coming. And so the curator, I guess is what you would call him, of kind of all of the great objects that were housed within the Catherine Palace um, was supposed to have the Amber Room packed up. But they were having a really hard time packing it up because it was very fragile and they couldn't get I was going to say, I'm having a hard time, t- being up. a rock geek myself, mm-hmm. I'm having a hard time understanding so you can melt- how it was... You can melt amber like resin. And so they melted it and molded it. Into panels or into, something? Into these panels. And so they molded it and then it was somehow stuck on these huge boards. And so it was like 
they were individual pieces that like latched together. Oh, okay, okay. Isn't okay. that what amber is? It's resin from it is, the Jurassic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I just, from... I guess, I just didn't. Yeah, and it's really like that. it can become like, and when it's exposed to the air, like after a while, it can become really brittle and flimsy, and so they're having a really hard time getting it apart and moving it. And so they were originally supposed to move it and send it to Siberia. Well, that didn't happen because they couldn't get it apart in time. So supposedly it goes to the city of Konigsberg, which is in it's in Eastern Europe. It's in um, Kazakhstan. It's it's not in Germany, but it's kind Poland. of over there, Konigsberg, because that's German. And so they think it's gone there. And so after the war, that same curator who's supposed to have it shipped off to Siberia and didn't manage it, he sent to Konigsberg because a different person had been sent and said, it's been destroyed. Oh. You know, Hmm. because quickly after it had arrived in Konigsberg, that city was attacked and the palace that it was being kept in was firebombed. Ooh. And so most of it was destroyed. Well, come to find out, it wasn't destroyed. In that firebombing, the palace wasn't touched. This book takes a very long time to get to it. This isn't giving anything away because it happened 50 years ago. And it's nonfiction. (laughs) I mean, nonfiction. So ultimately what happens is this, because it was ultimately a huge failure for this man to have not got the ship off to Siberia. He lied. Of course he lied. And said that there was, you know, there's no evidence that it was destroyed here. He was like, the German troops must have picked it up and stolen it. Hmm. Well, as it turns out, he lied. And it was destroyed in Konigsberg. (gasps) And so everyone, I mean, it's still going on now. So this book was written in the mid-2000s. So they're talking about a current dig that was happening. But even now, people are still looking for the Amber Room. It doesn't exist. It got destroyed. To me, it would make more sense if you were a thief or someone wanting to make money from said Amber. It's too big. To break it up. Yeah, no one did that. But you could. But you could. Yes, you could. Um, So it would make more sense that it actually does still exist, but is in pieces elsewhere. Just saying. Sure. But it's destroyed. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) It's been destroyed because what happened was... um, Soviet troops actually destroyed it because they sent the palace on fire. Oh. And it actually turned to dust. Oh. Because it was so hot. The fire was so hot, it didn't melt the resin. It turned it completely to dust and And ash. just burn it up. Yeah. So this book really goes through. A lot of this book is about the subterfuge on the side of the Soviets and the Germans and their how well and how much they hide information. Mm. Even to this day, um, a lot of it is because it was written by two journalists. It's about their struggle to get fragments of pieces of paper and fragments of people's letters and stuff because they just won't let it go. And it's still so like it's still so shut down. Like they'll give you redacted reports, but they'll only give you some of the redacted reports and say, this is all we have, even though even if you know that there are 30 boxes of something like this box is all we have. And so... Because it really got into the nitty gritty of that and kind of Cold War spy era stuff, mm. which I was not super familiar with. Um, so I learned a lot really quickly. We'll say this book was really dense. There were so ma- there were so many names to keep track of 
none of that, like, and they're even more hard to keep track of because they're Russian names and German names. And so, especially if you don't speak the language, you don't speak the language. It's really hard. Yeah. Someone's name was George Stein. And that was like the best thing that had happened in this book. I was like, the name. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like a name I can keep track of through the rest of this book. (laughs) I actually, oh, re- I actually read a, a book like that one time where I was having a very hard time keeping the characters straight because their names sounded so familiar. Yes. Yeah, or sounded so similar. Yeah, it was it was a hard read. I read all day yesterday and then Martha and Bonnie picked me up this morning and I was still reading in the car. The last like, 15 pages actually 15 happened pages left. in the car on the way here. <laughs> I was going to finish it. Because the problem was, I didn't know how it was going to end. <laughs> I was like, "What's the? Fo- what are the final thoughts? I don't know what they're going to be. <laughs> I can't review this without the final answer. So um, it was a really good read, though. This was The Amber Room is one of those things. Do you ever get, like, really obsessed with something and you want to learn everything about it? Yes. yes. Well, I came across The Amber Room via Wikipedia once, and I got really obsessed with it. And so I learned about this book. This book is out of print. I had to order a used copy for $25 off Amazon. $25 for a used book and it's not a first edition? It could be a first edition. I don't know. (laughs) I didn't look. Um, But it was a a really interesting read. I thought it was a really good read. But if you are not interested in Cold War Russia, Mm. take a hard pass, friends. Because it was really hard. To get through and this is something that i'm really interested in but sounds that, a little bit like my my obsession with the crystal skulls yeah kind of like that yeah yeah i had that um it was it was a really good book and it was really interesting and if anyone is still looking for the amber room they're really stupid because they very clearly have the answers in this book that it's been destroyed um but I understand. It's kind of like one of those romantic tales. It's like hard to let go. It's kind of like this big myth that's become a urban thing of its legend. Own. Yeah. Yes. So that was the Amber Room: The Fate of the World's Greatest Lost Treasure by Catherine Scott Clark and Adrian Levy. Uh, sounds like I'll never read that book. Yeah, I'm gonna go back um, into romance for a little bit because that was a hard read. <laughs> I would read your that palette. book. I'm gonna loan it to you. That's. <laughs> it was really good though. Shit. <laughs> Can you follow that, Kayla? Usually I'm the buffer between usually yeah. there's a buffer between okay. stuff like that and you. Kayla, I'm I'm finally reading uh Quintreplet Quintreplet Land. The Quintland Quintland sisters. Yeah. Quintreplet. Quintreplet. Quintland. What is it? What is it called? The Quintland sisters. Quintland. Well it's called Quintland. Quint- I thought it was called Quintreplet Land. No, there is no such word as quint. That's quint- not a word. Trumplet. Quint quintuplets. No. Quintuplets. Quintuplets. Oh, sorry. I like to add letters. Quintuplets would be uh, That's a lot of babies. Uh, that, that would be that would be oh, four Trump supporters. No. None no. of which are in this That'd room. Be, well, that be five times. Did I ever tell you that Trump is, is um, triple right? Trump is uh, one of the names in my family. Fifteen babies. I'm speechless right now. I I don't know what to do with that. I could be related to Trump. Why? My grandma's um, name before my my grandma's maiden name is Beard. The name before her for before Beers is um, Trump. They changed their last name, though. Oh, did they? Yeah. Only because they wanted to be more like us. 
Born like my family. My dad's side <laughs> of the family. Like your family. <laughs> I can't even right now. I'm glad you didn't tell me that earlier. <laughs> we might have had a very different relationship. I, I'm actually on a group that is for Trump ancestry in Facebook. Why? I have, because it's mine. It's because it's my name. <laughs> Not because it's Donald Trump. Donald Trump isn't on there. Let me specify that he is not on there. I just do it so that I get that look from from Martha. Make Remember earlier when when I asked everybody to change the subject so I wouldn't be angry anymore? What you are just you doing? brought the fucking room back down, Bonnie. <laughs> that was a fun fact we didn't want. Fun <laughs> fact. <laughs> Does anybody have any medicinal pot or anything that would maybe bring me back down to a normal level? You know, somebody told me they're trying to um, legalize shrooms in Colorado now. Yeah, well, that was, that's old news, dude. Oh, is it? Yeah. I never heard that. Where you been? Uh, Oklahoma. <sighs> no wonder. Okay. <laughs> Shall we move on? Kayla, bring the room back up. What did you read? <laughs> Please help. <laughs> One sum about Trump, was it? Oh, no. Stop oh, no. saying that word in my presence. Cool. Martha? Go sit in the hallway. <laughs> Go get in the corner. <laughs> Leave your phone. Put Take your nose drink. to the wall, Bonnie. <laughs> Ten minutes. Don't turn Not around do until I say so. You're in timeout. <laughs> okay. I read Things You Save in a Fire by Catherine Center, and I got this book from St. Martin's Press. It'll be out August 13th. Sweet. Something new. Something new and something light and kind of not depressing and... Not super serious? No. It's a little romance in there. It's not about Cold War spies? (laughs) No. Or (laughs) mysterious rooms. (laughs) That sounds so fun. <laughs> hookers murder, murdering no, clients. No hookers, no hookers murdering, murdering clients. <laughs> All right. So um, this book is about Cassie. She is a female firefighter. And so she is, the book opens up. She's getting ready to get this prestigious award because she saved these kids out of a bus that had either um, fallen off a bridge into some water, something like that. But she was the... Um, only one who was small enough to fit in to go save the kids. So she's like the top female, top firefighter in Austin, Texas. Cool. And she's a EMT as well. So she has her paramedic and she, she loves it. She It's the thrill. She loves doing it. So you find out that her mom left her and her dad when on her 16th birthday. She just upped and left. And so at this banquet she's getting ready to get her award and she looks up and the guy presenting the award is someone from her past who she does not have a very strong liking for oh so she gets up on stage and she's like i got this i'm gonna it's gonna be all right and they go to take a picture and i can tell this part because it happens like almost immediately he grabs her butt Uh, and so she lays him out with the award Oh, she I yes. love her. Yes. <laughs> right there wish every woman would do that right with unwanted advances. Just give yes. that guy a black eye. She lays him out. So fast forward, of course, you know, that doesn't go 
It, they don't take that lightly because I think he's like the mayor or something, something high up in the city. Oh, that's not good. So her boss is like, hey, you have a couple of choices. You can apologize and keep your job and get this great promotion or I have to fire you. <clears throat> now, by this time, Cassie's mom has contacted her and has told her, I need you to come live with me. I need you to come move with me because I'm sick and I need you to just be here to help me run errands and stuff. And she's like, "Uh, no, you should have thought about that before you left when I was 16. And she's like, I'm, I'm not coming up there. I don't want to. Da-da-da. Her dad's like, no, you need to go. It's your mom. And she was like, no, once again, she should have thought about all this before she left me on my 16th birthday. So when she's presented with this apologize or you have to be fired, she's like, on second thought, mom, I will come take care of you. Because she's like, I'm not apologizing. Yeah. So her boss gives her an excellent recommendation for a new fire station. She's like, let me tell you this. You're going to Boston. They do not except women firefighters. So when you go up there, basically nothing girly at all. Just because they don't—they really don't want you, but they're going to take you because your credentials are really good. So she goes, before she gets there, she does all her research about the little area, all of this. So she gets there and her in her mind, she's like, I'm just here to help my mom for this year and I'm out. I don't want to be her friend. I don't want to build a relationship with her. I don't care if she's trying to apologize. I don't care. I'm just going to be up here this year you know, let all this other stuff blow over and I'm going to move back to Texas because that's where she wants to be. So, of course, you know, things don't go that way. Her mom is like, you know, trying to explain to her why she left when she was 16 and she's trying to, you know, she tells her, you know, you're very closed off to people. You don't, you don't talk to people. You just have this routine. You have to, you have to live life, like ease up a little bit. She's like, no, I'm here to do a job and I'm here to run your errands. That's it. Don't want anything else. So she shows up at the fire station and she's not the only new person. There's also a rookie. Oh, yes. Liking the rookie. The rookie. And she's like, holy shit. Let me guess. Everything that she was told. Muscular, just, nice eyes, yes, nice I, ass. I, Irish. And she's like, oh, hell no. Everything that she was told kind of goes almost out the window. So these guys at this fire station, like, they really don't want her there. Like, they're like, "Uh uh-uh, we're not having this. You know, they do the typical, I guess, firefighters prank each other and all that stuff. So they do that typical stuff, but they kind of, they don't want her to do anything. They kind of try to um, pacify her. Like, oh, no, let me get that for you. No, you can't do this. And no, we got this. Oh, we can't say, we can't curse around her. We can't do this. We can't do that. And she's like, hey, I'm just, I'm one of the guys. And they're like, no, you're not. You know, they have their own camaraderie. So anyway, so then they get this big fire, this big call, big emergency call. And they all go to this fire. And one of the older guys is like, hey, we need to go in this building. I see something. And they're like, what? (laughs) Like, the boss just told us we're not going in. This fire is too big. We need backup. He's like, nope. I seen somebody in there. I'm going in. So she's like, no. Boss said we're not going in. But he goes in anyway. This is the rookie? No, this is one of the older one guys. One of the other ones? Okay. So he tells the rookie, you come with me. Oh, no. Now, the rookie, mind you, is not the greatest firefighter. <laughs> mm. he, he is um, a legacy firefighter. I wanna, his dad was a firefighter, so he, he's supposed to be a firefighter. But he's not, a, he's not firefighter material. So she's like, crap. So she's like, well, I'm going in too. Mm-hmm. So thank goodness that she did. You know, she gets, they get out or whatever, but 
shit hits the fan again Mm -hmm. because somebody told a lie. Um, I'm going to leave it at that. Anyway, I really like the book a lot. It sounds interesting. It was really good. There was some, uh, you know, she works on her relationship with her mom and stuff. And she also addresses some stuff that happened in the past. Because not only did her mom leave her on her 16th birthday, she also had another traumatic experience on her 16th birthday. So she has a lot of stuff that she had to deal with. Hmm. And she realized that there is a such thing as love and you can love somebody and you can forgive people for what they've done to you. Forgive? What? Hey, I'm into forgiveness. (laughs) You don't have to forget, but you can forgive. I know. I was joking. (laughs) But yeah, I really liked it. I gave it five stars. It sounds really good. It's really, really good. So, sounds that good. That was my book. It was Things You Save in a Fire by Catherine Center. Let me see the front. It's pretty. Yeah. I think I would have not read it based on the cover. Because of the flowers? Yeah. Hmm. Too girly. <laughs> well, it's about a female firefighter, so. Yeah, that's true. Just because she they has. They look like fire. They're the color of fire. The flowers are. Yeah. Martha's like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I don't like flowers. <laughs> no, if there's, if there's flowers on the cover, that's a deal breaker. You have flowers. What? You have flowers in your house. You have shirts with flowers on them. Why not a book? I'm only teasing. You know that. I know. <laughs> I'm giving you You're a hard riled time. up over there. <laughs> Just having a day. My book this week is not weird. What? Oh, we are all. It's actually a mainstream zone. read. Imagine that. What? That yes. never happens. I know. And Kayla's read it, so that's why she's... Oh, have you? <laughs> I think she probably would have reviewed this one if I hadn't. You know, I think they talk like we talk. Because Clearly. Because they come in and they're like, oh, well, we already discussed this. I'm like, what? When did this happen? But we, we don't are- get to sit and drink bottles of wine and watch Netflix. That's and all yeah. this stuff. We haven't done that in a really long time. And now y'all we play haven't. D&D. Well, you... I keep telling you, dude, you have got to move. You have to move up here. We miss you too much. We'll get you a post office job and the boys can hang out with us when you're busy and stuff. I mean, look how many babysitter, built-in babysitters you would have. <laughs> I don't babysit, but they, but they'll do it. <laughs> Boy, that was fast, man. She wasn't she even giving like, um, any yeah, out. I'm not. <laughs> uh, all right, so the book I read this week is called Lock Every Door by Riley Sager. I'm sure you've seen this advertised all over the freaking place. Okay, you guys haven't? I have not. Both Kayla and I have, so. Anyway, it's about this young woman who lives in New York City, and she has recently had all kinds of difficulties. She goes to work and gets laid off from her job. And then she goes home in the middle of the day with her box of things and finds her boyfriend with another woman. This is just like sliding doors. Oh, I'm not done yet. (laughs) So then she is, she goes to, you know, stay with her friend and is looking for a job and finds this ad for an apartment sitter. So she goes to the interview and the woman tells her that the job is to take place in this very exclusive, famous apartment building and that they will pay her $12,000 for the job. 
and she gets to live in one of the most famous buildings in New York City on top of that. Wow. So she's so broke that she's worried about where her next meal is going to come from. She has no money. She has no place to stay. And she doesn't have um, a safety net. She doesn't really, she has no family. And of course, being a watcher of Scooby-Doo my whole life, I immediately start to feel very um, suspicious when they start asking her questions like, so you don't have any family? Um, No next of kin? How's your health? You know, all these really unusual questions they start asking her. And her friend, of course, is completely against the idea and says, you should not take this job. It's a terrible idea. This is going to be, um, you, you should say no. And of course, the big $12,000 price tag is just sort of waving at her at every turn. She really needs the money and ultimately accepts the job. Right away, we kind of know that this is really bad because they say you can't have any visitors, not even to show them around. Is it haunted? You cannot have, you cannot spend the night anywhere else at all. You have to stay the night in the apartment every single night. You can't talk to any of the residents. You only speak when spoken to. It's just really sketch from the beginning. The whole thing. You know something is up. You know that there's something terribly wrong. But the weird thing is, the reason I mentioned Scooby-Doo is <laughs> it sort of feels like a really serious um, episode of Scooby-Doo. Hmm. Like you're waiting the whole time. At first, you kind of think that it's one thing going on that might be a little spooky. And then you start to realize that it's something else. And I think that that's the reason that I ended up liking it. I, at first, I was kind of rolling my eyes a little bit and going, is this a gothic novel? What the hell? I am um, a skeptic and a realist. So anytime something really occult starts to happen and it's supposed to be taken, taken seriously, I start to, they start to lose me. <laughs> Only if I'm reading a horror novel am I accepting of those sorts of things. So the, the, the takeaway from this is I read it so fast and just enjoyed the hell out of the ride. And for me, that's the sign of a good book. I think it's going to be a, a very well-liked book overall. And I just based on my experience, I'm going to give it five stars. I thought it was very, a very fun. Wow. Yeah, it was good. And, you know, y'all know how I feel about like thrillers and stuff. So it was really good. Mm. Yeah. It wasn't particularly, like, literary, you know, based on the kind of novel it is. You know, you sort of have to separate your reads out, I think, where you have experiences that are good for this and experiences that are good for that. Like I said, this is not a literary novel. It's not something that's going to stay with me forever. It's not something I'll probably ever read again. But for the moment in time that I read it, I really loved it. It really hit the spot. And I think you got to have books like that. Have you read his other books? I did, yes. Okay. Yeah. And liked those too. I like a good thriller. 
I loved the fact that it was something different, though. It did have a twist that I had not read about before. Mm. Which, really? you know, mm-hmm. extra points for that. Because you've read them all. Yeah. You've read every twist. I have read, I have read, yes, I have read them all. Pick it up, man. It was a good read. That does sound good. Yeah. That was Lock Every Door by Riley Sager. What are you hungry for today? It was bad yesterday. I blame the city planners for putting a Dunkin' Donuts and Arby's right next to each other. <laughs> Where is that? Blame the city planners for your bad <laughs> oh, difficulties. On yeah. <laughs> Where is Arby's? Because I was kind of tired, so me and Echo took a, took a little car ride, and I was just going to get coffee. Mm-hmm. And that didn't happen. Well, so. no wonder your feet were so swollen. And you ate Arby's. Mm-hmm. What the hell? Do you think the salt content of an Arby's sandwich could have also been part of the problem? Well, let me tell you, I woke up achy and sore and swollen, and my stomach hurt, and my head hurt, and I felt like I probably would have felt better if I would have... Drank all the alcohol in my refrigerator. Instead of eating all Instead that bad food. Instead of eating She has bread a lot of milk. alcohol in her refrigerator, too. I actually do have a lot right now. <laughs> it's like all I have in my refrigerator is like alcohol. And some salad stuff. I have some salad stuff. Because <laughs> you got to have a salad when you're getting drunk. Because I'm healthy. Alcohol and salad. <laughs> Balance it out. You can tell she's an empty nester. <laughs> Come on over for some wine. Here's some kale. <laughs> a little spinach. Why wine goes with kale, strong. right? <laughs> I don't know what the pairings are. <laughs> I have salad. salad. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, that's going to do it for Three, Three Book, Book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Join the conversation on Facebook and follow them on Twitter and Instagram. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.